0: Okay, fuckface.
1: Take one big step forward. Well, you wanna do this shit the hard way! Alright, alright, take it easy. I just gotta scratch my nuts for a second. Hurry up! Back off! Or I'll crush this jerk's head like a grape! I don't give a shit. I hate that asshole. Bon boy
0: shit
2: bag This is sick and wrong. World
1: source for antisocial commentary brought to you by adamandeve.com
3: good evening welcome to sick and wrong the world source for antisocial commentary we're your hosty. E. simon lance wackerly what's up there wacker not much you know uh you should be wishing me a happy new year
4: yeah you say that every year i actually anticipated it this year <laughs> what is it like 5292 or something no it's
3: 5759 that's I think close. maybe fifty-seven, seventy-nine. I forget, but you should have if you anticipated. Why? Why weren't you like okay? Well, happy Rosh Hashanah, D. Because
4: I find it amazing <laughs> to get mad.
3: You <laughs> know it's You know what the the only thing I like about Rosh Hashanah is it's an excuse for me to get out of work. I'm oh, not. You, you know, take the day off. Yeah, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that that stuff. I you know well, I it's just New Year. <laughs> yeah, of course. but I mean, it's it's the high holy days. So like I have one, I get one day off for Rosh Hashanah, one day off for Yom Kippur, even though I don't do shit. Like on Wednesday, uh, on Wednesday I just went out and got wasted. Pretty much. Um,
4: get, I mean, is it? Do you have to take vacation day?
3: Well, this is the problem. I'm
4: really, I'm really interested in this HR issue. Well,
3: th- this is the the issue with it. I kind of, I kind of got screwed over. I figured, like most other jobs. They usually are like, oh, "Okay, it's a religious holiday. It's fine. It's a paid vacation for you. It's like just PTO, paid time off." And so I kind of expected that, but you know, I'm, you know, this is my new job. I haven't actually worked there over the uh, Jewish year, Jewish New Year, the Jew year. So um, I asked my, I told my my uh, boss, I was like, "Yeah." So my sister's coming down and. It's Rosh Hashanah celebration, you know. We're gonna be eating apples and honey, and uh, made a lie about like we're gonna go to uh, Thousand Oaks to see my cousin and go to synagogue. It's gonna be great, and so I already like committed myself. And then I find out she's like, "Well, actually, you have to take a vacation day for that." I was like, "What?" Then I already like committed myself. It's not a federal holiday. Yeah, but it's bullshit. I'm Jewish. They should give that day to take Christmas off? off.
4: We have, we get Christmas off. Oh, see, you want you want the best of both worlds.
3: Okay, well they give <laughs> Why don't us Christmas you say off. Like,
4: well, I'll I'll come in on Christmas Day when everybody's gone, but I'm taking this day off as a holiday, not a vacation day. This is like the most boring HR discussion ever.
3: No, but anyway, so I got caught up in a lie, had to take the the, the day off, which was fine. Went out and got wasted Wednesday night. Then uh, this is the point of all this, Wackley. Are we so soon to call it boring? Or we is so here? Yes, there is a point to this narrative. So on uh, on uh, Thursday on Rosh Hashanah, I was hungover for most of the day, and then I went to go get my hair cut on Melrose. And Melrose, that area, there's just a ton of Hasidic Jews. That whole, they all live over there. Like all the Jews those wearing the people. black hats, well, you know, <laughs> you know the, those, like you know uh, those ones, the hardcore Jews, not just the regular Jews. Like I'm kind of a Jew incognito. Like you just look at me and be like, well, that guy's kind of Jewy looking, but I don't know if he's a Jew. But if I was wearing a black hat you know, with a know. beard, people, people know. <laughs> but I, but I mean, if I was wearing the outfit, you know. So yeah. anyway, we're walking down the well, street. Well, if I wore
4: the outfit, people would think I was Jewish.
3: Yeah, probably well, the black I know, hat. You kind of have that beard. gentile. I have look the beard.
4: It's not long enough, though.
3: I think they'd see through your disguise and realize you're an anti-Semite at heart. But anyway, we're walking there, and there's some dudes walking by us, and he has a shofar. And you've oh, yeah. seen a shofar, haven't you?
4: It's like the horn.
3: Yeah, it's, it's the, the ram's horn. And so yeah. I had been telling my girlfriend about this thing. I was like, yeah, you know, we, we blow a ram's horn on Rosh Hashanah. She's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, no, it's that's what we do. You, you blow...
4: Like, like, Why wouldn't she believe you? Like, that's the most unbelievable thing ever.
3: She just thought I was fucking with her because i made other stuff oh. up before. Oh, right. And so it, this
4: is, yeah, based on past performance.
3: It, well, think about it. It's like, yeah, we take this ram's horn and we just like signal in the new year. It's, it is kind of preposterous. It's, it's weird.
4: But it's no more preposterous than any other Jewish shit or any other Religious shit
3: and all the other stuff I've made up before. Yeah, like, we
4: eat this cracker and we pretend it's Christ's body. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. That cracker that's supposed to be like Christ's butt cheek.
3: She never grew up with a religion, so I mean, if, to her, it's just like it all sounds ridiculous. So she just thought I was fucking with her. But so we're walking up, and so she was like, "Is that guy holding a show? Is that a shofar?" And I thought, she, I think she thought she said it quieter than she did. And the guy turned around. And he was like, "Are you Jewish?" And she's like, Well, I'm not, but he is. And he's like, Have you heard the shofar today? And I was like, Well, no. He goes, Let me play the shofar for you. And he pulled a, pulled a yarmulke out of his pocket, put a yarmulke on, gave me like this little tiny prayer book, and was like, You need to read this. And so it was weird. You know, I was able to read the two Hebrew like blessings. And then for the next seven minutes, he was just like, boo, boo, boo.
4: Was he going like, <laughs> was he going like full on fucking Kenny G style
5: Dude, smooth jazz on yeah, that like,
3: thing? Yeah, like, just doing it. We're just kind of standing there like, when does this stop? Damn, did your <laughs> girlfriend's panties just drop? Uh, I think it was, she was definitely moist. Yeah, but uh, yeah, eventually he stopped. I'm and getting he was moist just, just hearing the story. He was just like Happy New Year, and he walked away. And so oh, many
4: minutes in, were you like? Ugh. Can we leave when is it's appropriate? did three minutes in. I kind of wanted to
3: start backing up and then just run down the street. I mean, okay. the, like this guy had his eyes closed. He was just like, like just into it.
4: I feel like that when I play the slide whistle sometimes. So. Yeah, you get into it. I'm just going to go walk around and be like, have you heard the slide whistle today? <laughs> no? <laughs> Here, take this little hat. In this little book of Wackerly sayings, I'm gonna play you some sweet slide whistle music.
3: But so anyway, um this happened, we thought we were special. She's like, I can't believe that happened. You actually heard the word this is interesting. And dude, it happened six more times. They just rove around the streets and they were looking for Jews. Groups Wait, of them, so
4: six different people played the show fire for you?
3: No. And after they came up again we were like, Are you Jewish? Um, and I was like, uh, yeah, but no, have you heard the I was like, No, yeah, I've already heard it. It's good. It's good. Co- I'm cool, all right, dude? And they just cruise I around. Would, I would have like, kept saying, yeah. I don't want to sit there for another or five no, minutes. I guess I would
4: have kept saying, no, I haven't heard it. Well, d- yeah, but don't you want to rank them? Like, you're not as good as the last guy.
3: <laughs> well, we heard other Jews that were walking around that are similarly accosted. We're also hearing it. So we got to hear it again. But it was like, it's just weird to me that they just kind of patrol the streets looking for, for heebs to play the shofar for.
4: I want to go over there and just say I'm Jewish just to hear all this music. Yeah, but
3: then what they're going to do is they're going to give you the prayer book, and then you're going to be like, uh, I don't know how to read this moon man language. And then they're right. going to see through your ruse.
4: Oh, they won't, they won't play the shofar for me if I can't read their little book?
3: They attack you with it because they realize you're lying.
4: What if I put on sunglasses <laughs> and saying I'm blind? I'm blind, Jew.
3: I'm blind. I can't see the words then they would be like all but right I just
4: make boo. up and it'll be like oh i remember it though it's like a haba <laughs> i Now play the goddamn horn
3: you should just lie why, why don't you lie and try to get the jew year off take the take the day off from work pretend to be my, a jew i don't
4: think my hr uh they would just make me take a, a paid time off day yeah vacation day that's what
3: happened to me right so there's no advantage
4: to it i <laughs> you know just I take any day off if well, But, but now,
3: that. so now I have to take uh, Yom Kippur off, too. So it's like, because I already took the other one off. That's two I vacation take, days I usually wasted.
4: worship, uh, like, you know, monthly hangover Monday. Wackerly
3: Day. <laughs> Wackerly Day. It's the day of being hungover. I'm taking
4: Wackerly Day off. Oh, another Monday? Yeah. <laughs> A little too much uh, Sunday NFL.
3: <laughs> so Wackerly, I'm surprised you're not down here in Los Angeles. It's uh, LA Podfest. Right now, it's a pop fest is oh, going on. Oh Jesus!
4: Did yeah. I miss that? Yeah, I marked it on my
3: calendar. <laughs> you, you totally just skipped over it. I mean, um, which is the one that
4: we did go to?
3: I don't know. That that was so many years ago. That was though. the
4: LA Weekly Podcast
3: Awards. Okay, no, wait. I thought you were talking about the one that uh, from the Ville went to. That
4: was something else. That was like the National Podcaster Alliance. Do you remember how tragic totally tragic that I have comic no that was? Recollection. Of what it was called?
3: That was like in the, but that was in the genesis of podcrafting. Like back then, there were only like, I don't know, maybe a handful, 50 we podcasts. Went to somebody's
4: podcast party in their hotel room. Can you believe, can you imagine doing that now? <laughs> <Good> <laughs> There's God. all that free beer. Yeah, and, but I'll, I would rather just pay for beer at a bar than go to somebody's podcast party in their hotel room.
3: Well, the funny thing too about that podcast whatever that was, festival convention. The only girls, like the only, pretty much the only girls that were there were girls that were paid to be there. There are all these like attractive models that like were wearing shirts of different podcast companies. But you're like, <laughs> I can't okay. believe that. <laughs>
4: oh, not actual podcasts, the podcast companies. aggregation companies. Yeah, yeah. the aggregators. Even the, back then, no, the aggregators.
3: Like uh, Podcast Alley. Like they had a hot chick wearing a Podcast Alley shirt. Libsyn. They're uh, still around. Uh, right? Podcast Pickle. Remember that? <laughs> Good God. But this this is well, different, though. How long has this
4: one been around, first of all? Is this the first annual, second yeah, I annual? think it's
3: the second or third PodFest. And this is a bit different. Like, this one, uh, this well, one's put on by podcasting is big now. Yeah, and it's all, it's like, celebrities it's an that industry. are at this. Is it, so, what was funny about this, and I'm kind of embarrassed to go, because was a guy I work with that's, like, a Mr. Podcast dude. Like, he used to produce a podcast for Eddie Pepitone. And he so had there's, heard a guy, of
4: there's a guy you work with, which is not a podcasting company, who's more about the podcast than you are.
3: <laughs> LA is a fucking hell. He is really into podcasting. And it was funny when I told him, I'm like, yeah. So I, I do one called Sick and Wrong. He's like, you do Sick and Wrong? And I was like, yeah, you've heard of it? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, the way you're laughing about it, do you, is that because it's kind of a joke in the podcasting community? He's like, no, it's just, you know, people have heard of it. I'm like, okay, whatever that means. All right, seven years going strong, buddy. Uh, Tell that to Eddie Pepitone. But anyway, uh, he's a cool dude. And so he he asked me, he's like, "So are you going to go uh, to L.A. PodFest? Fest?" And I forgot about it. So then I went home and I tweeted out once again, sick and wrong snub by the L.A. Pod Fest. But I think I think you have to register for it or be nominated or something. I don't know. We didn't you probably do that. have to
4: pay. This is that's how these things work, right? Y- even the Academy Awards, I think, are one. Of, maybe the Golden Globes. You've got to pay, like, if you want your movie to be considered, I think it's a significant amount, like 10K. ten dollars <laughs> $10,000? You know, maybe I'm Jesus. wrong. But it, it was something where it was, like, not just, like, 12 bucks, You know, maybe it was 800 or something. It was something where you wouldn't, you know, maybe if you're a movie star, it doesn't fucking matter. But if you're, like, a struggling independent movie star or movie maker, you'd be like, well, I'm not just going to pay you money. <laughs> so to consider me for the award and you know that you're definitely not going to give me anyways but a lot of people do and that's how those things make money
3: so i wonder what the podfest uh fee is because you know it's like mark Marin, it's aisha tyler it's all these i would uh, bet
4: you it's a couple hundred bucks
3: i guess i would have paid that maybe fuck no we would have crowdfunded <laughs> fuck we already <laughs> did that can't go back to the trough <laughs> I mean, you know what, you,
4: what's you, the, what would be the purpose of being there?
3: So you there can come nuts. down here and do a seminar on podcrafting like Keith and the Girl. How does that help me? Or Keith, you? Keith and the Girl's doing a how to become, how to make podcasting your profession. <laughs> so uh, you could come down here and you could be like, well. Step one, kill yourself. <laughs> step two is first coordinate a cruise. You need to have a cruise so you can meet your fans. Do they still do the cruises? I don't know actually, but uh I think people
4: it, people might not know about the cruises. Now you have to explain the cruise. I
3: think you should infiltrate a Keith and the Girl cruise. First, <laughs> First of all, I'm never going <laughs> on any cruise
4: ever in my life. Have never and I've never planned on it. Much less a podcast cruise? But so they get they have such a big following that they can organize. I don't know. Maybe they don't take up the whole cruise boat, but maybe it's just like, well, we have like this block of rooms because cruise ships are enormous <laughs> now. I saw one in the bay just yesterday, and I was like, holy fuck!
3: I think they get a block of rooms, and they probably get like a, a ballroom or something that they can do their show in. You know,
4: So they do their show live from the
3: sea. I, I, I <laughs> guarantee reporting live they do from
4: international waters. Keith and, we, and the Girl Podcast, and we could have live
3: fan interaction. You know. So they get them all
4: to go on this cruise. And then I assume, like you're, like how your dad was the rabbi of the cruise and he got to go for free, I assume they get their cruise tickets for free.
3: Well, probably if they sign up enough uh, uh, cruise ship gas. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's a limitation.
4: But then you're like laying out by the pool and like people are fucking bothering you. Ah, hey, Keith.
3: <laughs> Can you sign my beach ball? Well, you're supposed to spend time with the fans, Wax. You just don't get it.
4: Yeah, but you need some downtime, but I'm sure they don't give you any a chance for that. Because it's not like you have a private... Well, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you get a room with a private hot tub where you can just be like, ah, oh,
3: some peace. I picture if you did a cruise like this, you would be just like hiding away under the bed in your cabin. Just keep them away from me. Just clutching a bottle of vodka.
4: I'd probably have horrible diarrhea. <laughs> Isn't that what happens on cruises? Fans are banging on the door. Wackerly, are you gonna come to the meet and greet? Oh, I'm shitting my brains out, go away.
3: <laughs> Could you imagine a sick and wrong cruise and who would go on it? I just picture a bunch of it would limey degenerates. And frightening. It'd be like a, a bunch of limey de- it'd be like a pirate ship from the eighteen hundreds. Just a bunch of like these cockney assholes from England. Alright, you hey, lance. We're on a cruise ship. It it'd, it'd be, be awful. Ass.
4: I mean, they'd all be starting fights and stuff and just doing
3: tons of cocaine. We should do a sick and wrong cruise. It's like, no. it, would, it would be a cruise. We're <laughs> not even get joking a, about this. We wouldn't even get a cruise ship. It would just be a tugboat and we wouldn't show up. We'd get stand-ins. Like we'd get a guy, like another kind of pudgy guy with a beard. Hi, I'm Lance Wackerly. And just some kind of skinny dude with a big nose. I'm D. Simon. How's it going? And we'd just pay them to hang out with the Limeys for a week.
4: Yeah, but they could tell. They wouldn't have the, the razor sharp wit
3: of the real true broadcrafters. We would. We would if give. It's them, really hard to do this. We would coach them. We'd give them like, uh, you know, you got to keep right down stuff. the script. They'd give one guy. We'd give Wackerly a, a slide whistle. Um, we'd give, uh, I don't know, me saying, uh, you could have the Jew just being like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish, and just like he I was just talking to my HR that. person, and uh, let me tell you about my 401k setup. We got. They didn't give me the day off. Ah, I don't know. Again, that's all he has to say, really. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, you could just have the slide whistle guy, and then we could have the captain just be like some angry Greek man. Doesn't even really Dude, speak be English. John Steele could captain the boat. Oh, could you imagine that? <laughs> no secrets between sailors. Yeah, that would be a fun. That'd be a fun <laughs> cruise. A the sick and wrong cruise. And it would cost well, step like step three. That's step two. <laughs> step it would cost like uh, fifteen hundred dollars a person. All proceeds. I'm to pretty us. jealous
4: though that they uh don't they this is that's their whole job. Actually, what pod, am I saying? They have pod- to podcast every day,
3: right? Yeah, dude, they podcast every day for, for a like long time. Two, like two like hours, hours a day. Two to three hours, hours a day. Two
4: to three.
3: Yeah, like Joe Rogan, that guy podcasts for like four hours a day. I don't understand. First of all, I don't but understand a, how. But he's a celebrity. I mean. But who wants to listen to that? A you're lot of four people. hours. The shows more popular than ours. I know, but but just because he's a celebrity, could you imagine if we just like, yeah, we're going to start doing a four-hour podcast?
4: Well, most of it's about Ultimate Fighting. <laughs> we can just watch a lot of Ultimate Fighting and talk about the fighters <laughs> and their their trunks. Oh, he really punched him in the face hard. Did you see how he just kneed him right in the groin? That was great. Let's talk about that
3: for an hour. It's like pulling teeth to get you to do an hour and a half. I couldn't imagine four hours.
4: I can't. I, can't, I Actually, I mean, he's a celebrity and it's popular, but I don't know how somebody listens
3: to a three-hour podcast,
4: much less do one. How do you, but how do you even listen to one? I guess if you're just you're doing something else yeah. at the same time.
3: I think what happens is like uh, you, you're a graphic designer or something, you just put it on in the background. Ugh. And like pay I can attention to every talk radio word.
4: for a couple hours, but those guys are professionals.
3: But I think if uh, we went to the LA Pod Fest, we could do a seminar on how not to succeed at podcasting. <laughs> here's the here's here's the Donny don'ts. How to alienate your fan base? Uh, that's a good idea. We could probably do that. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll try to. Um, uh, the maybe third register podcast. or sign up, but you know, what's funny is, so I was like, you know, we got snubbed. And so my girlfriend's like, you know, you got to do a Twitter campaign. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, get a hashtag together, do this Twitter campaign. So I was like, all right. So I tweeted out, I want sick and wrong, you know, hashtag I want sick and wrong, you know, we've been snubbed again. And so we had a bunch of fans tweet some really funny vulgar things to the, uh, creators of this LA podfest. It's actually quite hilarious.
4: We cyber. We're the podcast of cyber bullies. <laughs>
3: well, no. Now, now we it's just completely ostracize ourselves. Like we're beyond yeah. that. Like, and and the guy even said that he was like, you know, this isn't a way to go about it. Like he responded, and just because we had all these uh, fans being like, you guys should suck dicks. You know, bring back the indie podcast. Was like, okay, great. Yeah, you know, was uh, and, and then the next day, my girlfriend's like, you know, I think your Twitter campaign backfired. I'm like, no shit. Like, like, what? And so then today, that guy I work with, the Mr. Podcast guy, was like, Hey, you want to go to the Pod Fest? I'm like, You know what? I think that might be embarrassing. You think I'd get egged or at least harangued by. Uh, I don't think anybody would know who you were. <laughs> no, but if, uh, if we went there, because he knows these guys, if he's like, Oh, yeah, this is D Simon from Sick or Wrong, the guy's like, Yeah, you're dick.
4: Uh, it's just a rough and tumble world of podcrafting.
3: They would understand. Fierce competition. Where do they have it? I, I think it's, like, at a hotel in Beverly Hills.
4: Whoa, Beverly yeah, Hills. Fancy. fancy. It is
3: fancy. I mean, Mark Maron wouldn't perform is at a Holiday that,
4: Is it that hotel that's, like, owned by the Sultan of Brunei or whatever that everybody is protesting because he's anti-gay? I
3: don't That'd know. Which, which is at the Beverly Hills... Uh, the one with the polo Club. It might
4: not even be the Sultan of Brunei. It might be the uh, King of Jordan or something. I don't know. One of those guys. Never mind. I don't even. Whatever. Any details. We got to
3: move on. So, uh, Wackley, Of course, uh, we have an interview scheduled today, and there's a lot of cool things happening in the news. So we're gonna have to get to articles next week. But uh, this week, we have an interview with um, a comic book author that uh, you're a huge fan of, and I know you always. Yes, hate, he's definitely uh,
4: like my top in my top three.
3: Yeah, he's uh, rather incredible. He's the author of Angry Youth Comics and, uh, more recently, Prison Pit, which I just found out about. And I got the DVD of Prison Pit um, at uh, Comic-Con. And uh, I got to say, people, it's probably one of the best animated series, animated uh, seasons. It's only season one. It's book one. That's all they animated. But it is a great great DVD. And I kind of hope they animate the entire series. But in the meantime, go pick up the comic. How many are there? Like four?
4: Five. Five. They're graphic novels. They're not like individual thin comic books.
3: And they uh, yeah, They're graphic
4: novels. <laughs>
3: it's great. So Johnny Ryan, the master of the lowbrow comic. Um, he also does a
4: lot of comics for pages for Vice.
3: Yeah, he does some great stuff. Did he do that 6911 uh, cartoon for uh, Vice?
4: <laughs> I think that might have just been a, a one-off. I oh, it's great. it's great.
3: It's great. I kind of feel like he makes sick and wrong look like an episode of Full House. Yeah, you know? he
4: definitely outdoes us in the
3: being offensive, in being vulgar and offensive. Yeah, it's great. Um, so we're going to talk to him in a second, but before we get to that, so Wackley, are you still doing comics? No, you're done with the comic I don't have world. Time.
4: I have to do this podcast for like fucking four hours a week.
3: But you still have. I think you should. Uh, I, I think you should revive your comic career.
4: I might get back into it. <laughs> I have a Tumblr page. People can go to it. What it what, it it's was blaring Foghorn at Tumblr.
3: It was. I remember it was BlaringFoghorn.com. Foghorn dot Sick That's where was originally hosted. Yeah,
4: it was one of those. It was one of my great pure HTML pages <laughs> of the
3: late nineties. But you were always into underground comics. Did you ever go through the uh, period where you were reading like DC, Marvel, like Batman, X Men, yeah. that kind of thing? I mean,
4: thing? Th- nobody. Everybody who reads comics starts with those because you can get those at you know the like corner bookstore, the bookstore in the mall, you can get like Spider-Man and stuff. Nobody goes out and they're like, I just, the first comic I ever read was Robert Crumb,
3: you know, zap. (laughs) Unless you had a really cool dad.
4: Maybe if you had a really cool dad, but still, you know, if you had a really cool dad who had all those like zap comics and the fabulously furry freak brothers, you'd be like, that's lame. I want to fucking look at Superman and Batman. I, I don't even know what they're talking about in this thing about smoking reefer.
3: Guess what my brother's favorite comic was.
4: All right, give me a second.
3: Jeff Jeff was hard. Like Jeff was a was a uh, passionate comic man. He was really into comics. Yeah. At a you can huge tell. Collection. He's really into
4: video games now. Yeah, uh, I would guess your brother is really into Batman.
3: Yes, he was really because into Batman and Robin because your brother wanted to be Robin. He he was really into Batman, but Jeff was also really into Conan the Barbarian. Oh yeah, yeah, that, like, makes that sense was too. Uh, that was his favorite comic. And so when I was a kid. You know, I just read what comics when he was done with the comics. So you know, I read a lot of Batman. He had he was into Wolverine too, but uh, he was definitely really into Conan. I'd say most of his collection remember was Conan. Remember Gru the Wanderer? Who?
4: I think it was Gru, wasn't it? Gru. It was like a. It was like a parody. Wait, a parody, of, parody uh, Conan. of Conan, yeah, by Sergio Leone or something like that. Oh, that guy writes It was like very cartoony and grew is like a total dumbass, but he would just go around and have adventures. I don't well, have any of them.
3: At the time, I just thought Conan was kind of a badass, but then it's like, now they I think Conan about it. Conan is a badass. Oh, so he
4: is a badass, there's but no de- like, There's no denying it.
3: I, th- I think Jeff was reading it for a different reason. The greatest thing about Conan is Robert E. Howard, you
4: know, the guy who wrote the pulp novels back with the that originator guy's a, of That Conan. guy's a weirdo. Yeah, he is really a weirdo. He's like, you know, the kind of guy, you know, that you'd be like, oh, that guy's weird. He's like really into Conan. He has paintings of like Vikings with swords in his house and, uh, you know, all these weird magazines. Like Robert Howard was that guy, (laughs) but Conan didn't exist. He's like, I have to make something like this because that's what I'm into.
3: Yeah, but he lived with his mom, didn't he? Yeah. And then he killed himself after she died.
4: Yeah. There's a movie about it with, uh, what's that guy's name? D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio?
3: The guy from Full oh, Metal Vincent Jacket Dinofrio. plays Robert e. Robert e. Howard. Wasn't he also like a bodybuilder guy? He was like all ripped.
4: I don't think he was all ripped, but he was definitely huge. He was is like a big Why they got Denofrio guy to play him?
3: <laughs> he and he lived in his like mother's house, like and it was kind of like a psycho situation. It was really weird. Right, no,
4: he was a huge guy who lived with his mom, like proto you know, the prototype basement dweller. Uh, was kind of you know wasn't like. I mean, he had to be smart because he wrote these books, but he wasn't like, you know, conventionally smart. I don't think he had it. I think he was unemployed (laughs) and he was just into being like, he's a big dude. And he's like,
5: I'm a big guy, but nobody
4: respects me. And I'm going to write, so I'm going to write a book about a big guy who like is socially awkward and, but he just kicks the shit and cuts people's heads off. And has sex with wenches. Sexy ladies. Yeah. It's
3: always wenches. Pure
4: male fantasy. (laughs) It's awesome.
3: Yeah, no, I was into that when I was a kid. My brother was uh, a big fan of What I was going to say is, uh, so that's how people
4: get into comics, but you know what I think a lot of people get into underground comics is uh, Mad Magazine. Yeah, cracked. and Cracked.
3: Those were huge when we were that's kids. That's
4: kind of like, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever said this or if I'm treading new ground or old ground, but I, I think that's the gateway drug to like the underground, you know. The world
3: of Robert Crumb. Pornographic, R-rated, yeah.
4: R-rated comics.
3: I think that's where I first... Uh, I think that was my gateway, because I was a huge Mad Magazine fan. Yeah,
4: me too. Cracked also. I think I actually liked Cracked better than Mad, but obviously I think Mad I had is more mad. authentic.
3: And it was also more popular at the time, too. Yeah. The fold-in. Do they still produce Mad Magazine? Publish it? <laughs> I'm
4: pretty sure they do. I mean, how often do you see a magazine rack?
3: Yeah, not too often. That's The, the magazine rack has kind of a, gone a, away. Although I think at an like
4: airport. Target has one Yeah, in the airport and... I don't know, do they carry Mad at the big department stores? Well, I
3: know Cracked has, like, a major online presence, but I don't think Mad ever really made the transition.
4: That Cracked.com is not... To me, has nothing to do with the Cracked magazine that I used to...
3: It's one step away from BuzzFeed.
4: It is. I mean, more power to them. It's popular, and they get a lot of hits, but...
3: Well, um, the thing is that that I love about Prison Pit, and you introduced me to Prison Pit, and the thing is I love about Prison Pit, Prison Pit... Reminds me of like that dude that I went to college with, that guy Rory, who's just a Hessian that would just sit the whole time during class drawing barbarians and dudes just beating the fuck out of each other in a notebook. And well, you it's really like, have to
4: go back. You really have to go back to high school. I mean, Rory was like a smart guy. He was, you know, he a weird
3: but he dude. Just had that he was thing. like, all right, but he's you got like like to go back Robert to high school. Howard like, guy. the dudes
4: who, like, why didn't you just skip school? Because you're not paying any attention to like, you know, math class or whatever. He,
3: there's a dude that we used to buy weed from, Jim Dieter, who eventually yeah. actually was in prison for stealing like a skull with a whole vertebrae column from like a mausoleum. Okay. Um, but anyway, Grave we used to buy robbing. weed from this guy. That's a this, popular crime. Yeah. This dude, he's just a Hessian, but this dude would just sit in class all day, just like drawing like chicks and big tits and like a barbarian guy slicing some dude's head off and an orc. Motorcycles. Yeah. and so Trucks. That's what kind of reminds me of uh, Prison Pit. You know, and it seems it's to be as, the aesthetic. It's as if the uh, you know these, these illustrations, these sketchings in this, in this Hessian's notebook just came to life. And uh, well, it's like
4: the people who did those drawings would never have the level of focus or attention span to be like, well, I'm going to make like a whole story out of this drawing that I did on my notebook. But that's yeah. what Johnny Ryan did. That's He's like, Johnny okay, Ryan what if did. you? Gave one of those guys, you know, some type of ADD drug, Ritalin or whatever, and just <laughs> locked them in a room and said, no, you have to like take that drawing and I'll make an make entire a story, story out of out this."
3: Of yeah. Well, that's kind of what happened. That's how Prison Pit came to be. So let's, let's uh, talk to uh, Johnny Ryan here. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor. It's Butt Plug Month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug.
5: Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off
2: your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by
3: supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Hey. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, Dee and Lance here, coming from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Johnny. Hey, hey thanks for being on you? the show, man. appreciate it. Um, sure. So yeah, we were, uh, we were just talking about uh, Prison Pit. Both of us are big fans of Prison Pit. And uh, I, you know, I was at Comic-Con, and I went over to the Fantagraphics area to, uh, right. to, to pick up a comic and see if you're there. And I think I just missed you, but you guys were totally sold out of uh, the comics.
1: Yeah, it usually sells out
3: pretty well at conventions. Yeah, it's like uh, seems like it's a big hit. I did manage to get the uh, the DVD though, so. Uh, oh yeah, what would
1: you think of that?
3: I gotta say it's uh, rather impressive. I mean, even the the, the, the whole uh, season one is is pretty, or the whole uh, episode is pretty amazing. But even the making of the episode is kind of great. And I want to get <laughs> to that. I want to get to that in a second. But um, but one thing I noticed is so Prison Pit is a is a bit of a departure from a lot of your previous previous work. Like Angry Youth right. and uh, Blacky, it's much—it's much more dark. I guess a little less humorous, even though I find it quite funny. So what inspired you to uh, to do this?
1: Um, there were several things. It was just a combination of things that I was reading and watching at the time. Um, I was reading—I was reading a lot more manga, like Berserk mm. and uh, Tokyo Zombie and uh, Uzumaki and. Drifting classroom.
3: So you're like, and then there was
1: also oh, go ahead.
3: So you're like, uh, I need to do something a little more ultra violent.
1: Kind of, and also, you know, I'm, I'm, if you're, if you pay attention closely to the stuff I did before Prison Pit, all the humor stuff, it was, it was veering into this darker, more violent place. The more, you know, the more it continued. So. um uh, yeah, and then I was also you know i'm I'm also like a horror movies fan, so i I like that and a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and so you know there's elements of that in there um, and also there's a lot of comics, alternative comics here in the u s that uh, that were sort of becoming less uh, introspective auto bio type comics mm-hmm. and more. Uh dabbling in genre stuff like superhero stuff and action and and stuff like that, one of them was uh power masters by c f and uh Ben Morrow was doing some stuff uh that I thought was very exciting, so those were also influences i was I was kind of thinking like well you know i don't I don't have to draw like uh John Byrne in order to draw an action comic or something <laughs> at least that's what I convinced myself <clears throat> so kind of what i I did.
3: Well, there's definitely more. There's a, a, an actual story here with uh, Pitt, a narrative uh, that, that right. goes through with it. So, is is Cannibal Fuckface a wrestler?
1: No, um, he's definitely it's influenced by, dude. Like, by like uh, Steve Austin and stuff. But he, he's he's an alien.
4: Do you have the whole story sort of laid out in your head, or is it? Um, do you are you kind of creating it as you go along? Both. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> there's sort of like a. Uh, I mean, when I started the when I started the series, I didn't know how I was gonna end it. Um, usually, I I I don't like planning things out exactly, you know, every single detail before I start. I find that kind of boring, and I sort of think that if you, I mean, this is everybody has their own way of method of working, but with me, I if i have everything planned out and then it becomes sort of a drag to like bring myself to the drawing board and then start to flesh that out i'd like there i like there to be at least a, uh, a little bit of spontaneity and surprise along the way that said i still i still do have like certain uh specific moments in my brain as i go so as i'm as I, you know, when I start, I think like well, I just have to get to this point. But how am I going to get there? So I just sort of like find my way as I go, and then then I'll reach like the first marker. Okay, right, I'm there. So then i will just like I'll keep kind of moving in in that fashion. So it's sort of a combination yeah, it, of
4: it has a it has a stream of consciousness uh, sort of vibe in a good way. But I, you know, the action scenes are are like really sort of well. uh I don't know. Choreographed is the word. I often have to read it like, several times to sort of get what's happening from you know, panel to panel.
3: Uh-huh. So uh, the the story um. is the story is he's he's on a prison planet, right? <laughs> I mean, because it it just kind of he just ends up there. Like there's no there's no you don't really know what it was that he was doing prior to being on the pl- prison planet.
1: No, you get a little bit of a clue here and there. I mean, just based on his attitude, you can figure out, you know, you can uh, racially profile him and be like, <laughs> all right, I know why this guy's there. He's
3: guy um, a dick.
1: But, but uh, there's one moment, I think, in 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 I think in the last book, where he, he confronts this guy that is looking for him through the, the previous couple books, and they finally find each other, and he accuses fuckface of, you know, you came to my planet and you you killed and raped everything on my planet, and now I'm going to get revenge on you. So you kind of get a little just a, a little bit of insight that maybe that had something to do with it. But I also do like when it comes to sort of fantasy or sci-fi, horror type stuff, I, I do think it's important that there is a little bit of mystery, like not every single thing is answered. You know, it's sort of like you're just dropped in the middle of this bizarre culture and you don't really know, uh, where you are or what this place is or what the, what the customs are, you know, it kind of makes you a little uneasy.
3: Mm. Yeah. I mean, you definitely feel that with, uh, especially in the, uh, the animated series because all of a sudden it's like, you just see him like falling through this hole, um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a violent fight with, uh, Rick Shapiro, which, uh, <laughs> that, that was great. Rick, Rick's actually been on this show. Uh, before Uh he's we're 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 fans of him as well he's a crazy man he's a crazy guy that guy
1: um, i never worked with rick before um when when they said that they were going to use they suggested rick to do this role and i was kind of like i don't know and then they sent me some clips and he seemed a little too laid back for me i was a little concerned and then they when he when they brought him up to the studio to record i was still kind of dubious he seemed like he seemed like a good stiff wind can just, like, blow him away. I don't know. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't seem... Uh,
3: he doesn't look all that healthy.
1: He, he seemed very fragile, but I yeah. was kind of concerned. But then when he got into the booth, he really delivered. It kind of took him a little time to sort of get warmed up, but when he did, it was pretty amazing. Hey,
3: you have some great voice talent on that, D like Kyle Canane.
1: Yeah, That's, Kyle was great. The dude um, from
3: Workaholics. Yeah, Blake that guy's
1: and... Name. Uh, and you, James Adomian has you
4: work fun. with the workaholics guys a lot right you you do like promotional posters and stuff for them
1: <laughs> all the posters i've done have just been uh my own like, okay I'm, i didn't hire me to them <laughs> um that show kind of fits
4: on. in with what what you've done before though just like these crazy characters who are up to no good and really have no respect well, for authority or anything
1: <laughs> that's sort of what appealed to me about the show i mean um I met Blake at Comic-Con a few years ago, and he was a fan of my stuff. I didn't know what he, he had done. He, had, he was wearing his um, uh, grizzly bear coat at the time, and mm-hmm. I thought he was just some kind of weird fervor. <laughs> um, but then, my God, somebody was like, oh, no, no, this is, he does his show, and it's a good show. So I checked out the show, and I thought it was terrific, and um, I thought it, we had sort of similar sensibilities as far as humor goes. So I thought he would do uh, a great job with this uh, with this voice.
3: And yeah, that character is Actually, great,
1: too. He does several voices.
3: Oh, Who, who else is he? Who, what other voices does he do? I know he does the, uh, the, the, the jack-off, Uncredit- masturbating monster guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't credit him, which was a big mistake. But he's also the slorge. Oh. Uh, the worm on the end of Fuckface's <laughs> arm. And he's also... Those batch uh, maggots that crawl up out of the vomit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, did a good job with uh, that. Dude. Yeah, yeah he, I hope people, I hope our piece. fans that haven't read the the series are getting a sense of what it's like. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it is epic, people. You, you have to check it out. So, how did the animated series come about? Was that your idea?
1: No, I mean, when, when I when I started the book, there was no, and I mean, I guess this is just sort of advice for anybody that. Uh, is working in comics, um, or writing a book, or whatever. I, the, there was I was just totally focused on like this is going to be a comic book, you know. This I, I don't have any other aspirations. I mean, if, if it did become a cartoon, fucking great. But there was no aspirations because I think like if you if you work in a way, if you approach a comic as if like I want this to be a movie or a TV show. You're going to hold back. You're going to inhibit yourself. You're going to be like, you know, who's going to, who's going to put this, who's going to put this on the, on the, like, I would have never drawn the scene where the floor, like, blows, face, <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you kind of, you're going to 2nd guess yourself. Whereas with comics, you can basically do whatever the fuck you want. And that's sort of what I did. And, uh, that's how I approached it with no real intention of, like, this is going to go any further than what it is. Um, so I think I was probably, I had just finished, like, book four or something, and then Six Point approached me, and they were like, hey, do you want to do something? And I was like, uh, sure, okay. And and they were very, they wanted to keep very close to the books. They didn't want to take anything out. That's cool. Um, yeah, they they wanted to do it right and they they had me all there all along the way like giving notes and telling them what I was what I liked. That was really important to them.
3: So were you in the studio kind of like a, as a consultant or did you actually do work on it?
1: I did not work on it. They just they pretty much just took the the comic and just turned it into a storyboard and then I would sort of come in and be like cuz there's things in comics or in this comic, that don't, that doesn't necessarily work as, like, it wasn't cinematic in a storyboard animation animation mm-hmm. type way, so I would tweak, I would have them tweak those moments, but for the most part, like, you can kind of look, look at the comic and look at the cartoon and sort of see that, that yeah. they pretty much just got it just as it was in the book.
3: Yeah, uh, it translates, yeah, it translates well uh, in an animated series. So do you plan to do the entire, like, all uh, six books?
1: Um, I would love it. Um, and I think, I think six point would love it too, but I think it all just kind of comes down to money. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you want to plug my, <laughs> you want to plug the website for people to buy the DVD
3: yeah, yeah. That we're, money we're, goes
1: we're, directly into, uh, that money goes directly into
3: making more. Yeah. We're planning to do that. Prison com. people go support this cause we want to see the entire series. Um but your fans have received it really well. Like how, how do you feel like your fans have received that versus uh some of your previous work like Angry Youth? Um
1: well, I think in general Prison Pit has gone over better. I think it's it's much more popular than my humor stuff. I think humor can be very subjective. Um and especially my humor which was very aggressive. Um had a very limited audience, <laughs> not a lot of people uh could stomach it, uh, but violence seems to be a lot more universal, there seems to be more, people seem to appreciate, because I mean, violence is what it is, so it's either like it or you don't, humor is a little bit more like, eh, kind of like that guy, that guy's kind of funny sometimes, um, or that guy annoys the shit out of me, um, but hum- I mean, violence seems to be a little bit more has a little bit more mass appeal and it translates all over the world, you know, whereas humor's can kind of be intrinsic to whatever country you're in.
3: Yeah. I think that part of it too is like, you know, uh, readers today are so desensitized to violence, you know, from, uh, cartoons that they watch, um, the internet video games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right. I, I feel like now it's like, is anything even really shocking anymore? You know?
1: Um, I mean, you know, that's a good question, but I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like I don't know if I'm I'm approaching my work as like am I am I trying to shock people or if I'm trying to surprise myself like if I'm feeling like this is like a totally fucking crazy idea and if I'm feeling that way then I I'm, I'm usually thinking like well maybe people will probably like it. <laughs>
3: I've heard you're really into death metal. Was that any kind of influence with uh, Prison Pit? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, death and black metal. I like both those, those things.
3: So I mean, what, we, what's on the playlist? We were... <laughs> uh, shit. You got I'm Deicide? Kinda... little Cannibal Corpse?
1: Oh, yeah. They're both good.
3: I could, uh, I, I could see that being influential.
1: All, all the classics. Bursem. Oh, yeah.
3: Can I ask Dark you about
4: thermal. your... Uh, your partnership with, uh, I don't know, I might butcher his name, but uh, Frederick Fleury?
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: That's just bizarre. I mean, I follow, I guess I follow him because I found out about him through you, and I follow him on Twitter, and I follow his Tumblr and stuff, but uh, you guys have done some weird stuff together, like an entire book of illustrations that's, how would I describe it? It's a crossover of, like, uh rap hip-hop artists but sort oh, of we've done, crap themed
5: <laughs> we've done two <laughs> books together
1: um we we sort of i don't know we kind of i was sort of familiar with fred um on the internet and and he he actually think he think he did some, some stuff for vice and so i was kind of familiar with his work from vice and I, I thought it was interesting and um and then for some reason, we were both following this this Tumblr called Zen Mafia, and we started doing drawings for Zen Mafia, and then all the, the people that were running Zen Mafia, and then we started doing drawings of each other, and then it kind of became this sort of cartoon war where we were drawing insulting drawings of each other, like, every day and posting them on Facebook or whatever. And... Uh, and we were just doing it for fun, and then just this uh, this Italian dude from from Vice Italy wanted to collect them all into a book, and that became the book War and Penis. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the
4: drawings we, have uh, you know, like cocks going into people's faces and asses and all orifices. And uh, yeah, we were
1: dilup- we were yeah. trying to basically insult one another and draw <laughs> like really grotesque, horrible pictures of each other. So that was that was sort of the inspiration for that and it was fun i mean it was like it went on for like like four or five months <laughs> like every day every day i'd wake up and there was like a new horror drawing of me with like a cock up my ass or in my mouth and i was like jerking off on the uh, something
3: yeah how does something um, like that end
1: it just kind of petered out and then it sort of kind of blossomed into that book you mentioned before the the rap drawings um I think we just, I, think, I don't know, just like anything, it's just sort of like, I think we just kind of got, both got a little bored and we moved on to this other thing and so we were doing these rap drawings for a while and I think Fred, cause Fred's, uh, we were doing these sort of like parodies of different rap bands and then I think like his, he, he's, his English is good but I think it was, he was finding it challenging to, uh, come up with these funny names for, for rap bands in English.
3: Like, was so was everyone fair game
1: um I think so i don't I don't think there was any moment that we were like, you know, don't do that or
4: <laughs> you don't want to piss off Jay Z come after <laughs> yeah.
3: well, talking about pissing people off, I kind of wanted to get to uh i re- I read something that Robert Crum isn't a fan of your work, and I find that just really surprising uh-huh it's weird right was it is there a beef? <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just he doesn't like. From what I hear, I mean, he sent me a letter years ago that kind of was like ambiguous. I wasn't really sure what side of the fence he was on, but it didn't sound great. And then I just heard from other people that know him that he's not a fan. So,
3: have you ever met that guy? No. Um, no. Nah. Nah. Uh, what what about Art Spiegelman? Never I gotta say. It. It. I got to say I found that Now, you know is that guy a fan because I know you've done some I, uh, comics
5: <laughs> about
3: <laughs> that guy <laughs> I
1: mean it's understandable if he's not but I, I
3: have no idea well th- that's the thing it's like I always wondered like if uh, you know some of your work could be offensive to some not offensive to others obviously subjective but I mean have you ever really offended anybody like a celebrity like that and received like uh, any kind of feedback from them like telling you that they're hurt or anything like <clears> that?
1: Not directly, I mean, I would like you know put the crumb thing, you know I would hear hear through other people, but I don't think anyone like when I was doing that comic book Holocaust where I would like I was specifically targeting all these uh comic artists um, the only people I would hear from were people that I was already like friendly with, and you know they thought it was funny. But the people that I wasn't—I think they didn't really know where I was coming from, so they didn't want to engage me. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think I really have received anything directly from somebody. Who, like you know, I did a drawing of them, and then they wrote me directly to say like, "How could you do that to me?" A lot of there was a couple. There was a couple of people who would write me and say like, "Hey, do me next." So you know, <laughs> there's oh. a, that, I don't know. I kind of like come from that Mad Magazine sort of school where you know. I, I remember reading that, and you'd open up the letters page, and they'd see, like, uh, James Garner reading the the issue where they did the Crockford files or something like that, and he'd be all, like, you know, pretend to be all, like, shocked and stuff, so I, I guess I sort of was under this impression that, like, people liked being, uh, people liked being parodied and uh, poked fun at in comics, but I don't know if that's always the case.
3: Yeah, apparently some people are a little bit too sensitive. So, um, well, one thing I want to ask you real quick here: so, Comic Con is huge now. What do you think? Uh-huh. As somebody who's been involved with the alt comics scene since like the mid nineties, do you think now that the you know the internet and uh, geek culture, it's like you know people are fascinated with geek culture? Do you think that has affected the popularity of alt comics, or do you think alt comics is still kind of relegated to this weird you know subgenre, whereas like you know people are are impressed with DC comics and Marvel comics? Like, how do you think the uh, like the the internet and, uh, and Comic Con and this fascination with geek culture has affected the alt comic world?
1: I mean, I, I do think it's with the internet, it's easier to get your work, no matter who you are, what you do. It's easier to get your work out to people, um, and, to, and to sort of like build a fan base and also like get reactions from fans. Um, you know, because in the old days, it was just like you'd have to. And mail your comics out to, you know, your, distribute your comics yourself. I remember, you mm-hmm. know, starting out just like driving around Massachusetts and I would go to, you know, as many comic book stores as I could around within like you know, two or three hours of my house and I would drop my comics off and I would even make like little display dangler things, like all handmade. And <laughs> I just know, like, as soon as I walked out the door, they just threw them in the garbage. <laughs> um, oh, no. um, but, uh, so, you know, I think that there's improvement as far as like, you know, just getting your work out there with the internet and stuff. Um as far as as far as like the explosion of as far as like do I think that uh alternative comics are on the same level as superhero comics? I don't think so. I think it's still kind of a, a ghettoized version of comics.
3: <laughs> that's a that's a thing. I think like all comics will always be you know, in the in the ghetto uh Subgenre, and
1: that's the thing too that just you know you just gotta learn to accept it that's just the way it is no matter because you know a lot of people all along you know all along the years have, have consistently tried to repackage and and reformulate comics to make it more palatable for people and it never works so people just need to accept that this, if you're gonna do comics then this you're living in the fucking ghetto of art so as long as you <laughs> as long as you accept that uh <laughs> Then you know, you'll be fine. I guess.
3: <laughs> so, um, have you retired Angry Youth, or do, or could you revive that later on? Um.
1: Well, I I, I never really like sort of closing the door on something, but it would probably take like a real burst of inspiration from to make me want to, you know, bring that series back and continue to do it like to, the, the thought of like not only bringing it back but like continuing to do it over and you know year after year doesn't sound like something I want to do right now
3: I wouldn't mind seeing a boobs pooter animated series but uh I don't know if
1: that will there's <laughs> <laughs> we'll if, uh, see I'm sitting by the phone waiting
3: alright <laughs> um, man uh, so prisonpit.com you can go there and buy the uh, the, the DVD of book one yes and uh, you can also uh, you also sell merch on your site uh, johnnyryan.com that's Johnny with an H so uh, Johnny thanks for being on the show man and I'm looking forward to, to seeing uh, animated versions of the uh, the other books for prison pit yeah, Hopefully I'm a huge fan. I hope I didn't nerd out too much. <laughs> but okay, uh hey nerds. hey man, thanks for being on the show. It's great talking to you. Sure. Thank uh, you. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I really do hope they uh, end up making uh the, the rest of the series, but I mean th- I think it's
4: just if they sell, you know
3: yeah, that 's the thing, so I said we push it here on sick and wrong people prisonpit dot com it's a great, that would make a great christmas gift <laughs> that 's going to be my uh, christmas slash hanukkah gift this year, but uh
4: you might want to read one of the graphic novels before you give it to like a child or something
3: nah, i'm giving i 'm giving uh, the dVD of uh, book one. <laughs> <laughs> that one dude that the the workaholics guy played this uh i don't even want to ruin it but his character is pretty amazing so uh people definitely check it out and wackily i mean you had i remember when we lived together in oakland you had uh, even in college you had a uh, how many you had a whole like probably eight books of the angry youth books right um
4: maybe five or six they're they they're hard to find i, I kind of want to if we would have had more time i would have asked him about it but like when he's saying that his humor is aggressive there, I mean, there are comic book stores in Berkeley that won't carry it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, he doesn't pull any punches with, you know, making fun of, uh, whatever. <laughs> Disabled people, um, you know, overweight people, whatever. I, I mean, AIDS, everybody's fair game. Genocide, AIDS, AIDS, just everything. Nine
3: 11, rape, murder. It's not, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the yeah.
4: opposite of PC. And I know that, um, yeah, I know that babies. there's comic book stores that wouldn't carry Angry With Comics, but they will carry Prison Pit, uh, which yeah. I don't know what that says about either one, but, but I went to, interesting I w- to me.
3: I went to two different comic book stores. Well, one of them was filled out of Prison Pit, but the other yeah. one was like, it's no, popular. we don't carry People that. People should buy it. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It just reminds me of like a Hessian's drawings that he did on his notebook during math class in high school come to life and being right. much more violent. Um, then what it's, he did. I mean, it's.
4: T- I own. I bought one of the original pages. I didn't want to bring this with, up with him because I felt like a nerd. But uh, <laughs> I own one of Fan the original boy. pages, and it's h- hanging on my wall of my living room. I mean, I don't want people to think that the drawings are shitty. They just have this weird aesthetic.
3: I mean, I, I guess it, it, it's purposely crude. And that's the right. style, but it's 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 really cool. And I, you know, it's I can't, crude, but it would be.
4: I mean, it's you can tell he has a massive amount of talent, and he like knows exactly what he's doing.
3: Yeah, very talented guy. People go check out uh, prisonpit dot com, and uh, for for more information, Johnny Ryan Johnny Ryan dot com. Johnny with an H
4: right all you nerds i think this is kind of what you're trying to get at but it's hard to describe all you nerds who think like i'm a nerd i love dc movies and batman and iron man like these movies that make you know box office record m- amounts of uh, ticket sales like go get prison pit then you can call yourself a real a comic nerd. book nerd <laughs> <laughs> all right
3: we're gonna get on to some phone calls people can call the wrong hotline 206-666-3846 uh before that here's a word from our sponsor
5: what do you do when you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving? You got a raging boner that won't go away, and you're considering fucking your grandmother. You go to Adam and Eve, of course. You buy a jerk off sleeve, you know, deal, pocket pussy, something of that nature, so you can get in the bathroom and get take care of that raging loner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her so go to haveaneve.com and type in the code diddle D-I-D-D-L-E. that's what grandpa used to do to your dad back to you later
3: Back. So, Wackerly, we've got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, 206-666-3846 is that number. Um, a couple of the, One of these calls is kind of long, but it's a, it's, a rather, it's a rather compelling narrative. And uh, just the way it's told, I decided right. to play it.
2: Oh, it's sick and wrong. It's uh, Stay At Home Daddy. Thought I'd just uh, check in. What was that uh, name? <laughs> you were talking about Gwyneth Powtro. And I've got to say, I'm not saying now, but I've had the displeasure of having to be in her company several times, and this skeletal woman, she is fucking awful in real life. She's totally fucking got a there. pitted face. She's as ugly as sin. Lance, <laughs> right. I wouldn't even fuck it with your dick, right? But here's I'll the of the story dick, this way, okay? uh, We went out for a drink at the weekend, and we decided to go to this really swanky place, and whilst we were there we were having a few stellas and this right sodbuster comes up and starts chatting one of the lads up, Neil, and we're taking the piss out of Neil, but Neil decides that he'll do this, he'll take one for you the hippie. team and report back and we can have a bit of Jake. So anyway, he, he ends up going back to her flat, she's got
3: a right ro- This guy Neil is totally doing this for the story. I always, I always okay. love that, when you can nominate... He's not having
4: sex with Gwyneth Paltrow, right? I think no, no, some a
3: But it's oh, like, she comes right. up, Sad she's buster. talking to him, and all his friends are like, come on, come on, you gotta do this. He's Go gonna, on, my
2: son. Come on, come on, mate. A nice place in Kensington. So, like, he fucking... We knew she was rich, or at least had money anyway. Like, she had her, like, a fucking Herms handbag and designer kind of clothes, you know. You knew she worked she weren't from a fucking council estate so he went back to her place and they start having sex and neil's banging away he's dicking and out, apparently a fucking missionary wasn't even touching the sides of this fucking fat one <laughs> so he flips her over and starts doing a doggy and he's fucking banging away banging away and like her hand reaches over to her bedside table and fucking opens it up and drags something out and it's like this long string of beads on, like, a bit of plastic. It's like the anal beads. Oh, I had
3: <laughs> no idea.
2: Thanks for clearing that up.
3: You can get it... some at uh, Adam and Eve. Yeah, you can, actually. Coupon called Diddle. Yeah, please use Diddle when you check out.
2: And it's got, like, a loop on the end. So, anyway, she asked him to fret him up her ass. <laughs> so, like, he's banging away still. So, he's multitasking. He has to spit on him a bit, he says, because there's no fucking loop. So like he's fucking banging him up her ass and there's just like this loop sticking out. When he's got the last one in, her hand reaches back, starts gently pulling at the beads and stuff. Anyway, they're getting a bit excited and doing the business. And um she says that when she's gonna come, drag him out so like it's okay so he's banging away and he's reaching the point of no return himself you know he knows he's gonna come and like once in a thousand times they're both gonna come at the same time so he's rabbiting it in there fucking banging it bang 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 and like she's saying pull the fucking beads out pull the fucking beads out so like he's just about it. the last and she's fucking moaning like a bitch she fucking grabs all these beads and fucking yanks them out and like oh he's fucking done she rolls on her side fucking screaming away and he thinks fucking hell right not that good <laughs> and it's only when she starts shouting me fucking ass me fucking ass right oh fucking hell so he has to look down and all the fucking bad fucking vomits uh, on the bed is like the fucking beads with the figure and like these big pink fucking sock thing with like ripples going down it. Shit all over the fucking bed. They're like, oh fucking out, no bloody said. But like, oh fucking hell. So he panics. So fucking so he rings 999 and the paramedics <laughs> come out labs. And uh well he does a gentlemanly thing. He waits. And he explains that they are having an anal sex game that went wrong. And as soon as they go in the bedroom, he fucking (laughs) vamooshes. He fucking likes it. So, like, uh, we've decided we need to stay away from that part of London but um we're all gentlemen so uh we've sent her some flowers and it simply said we hope your ass gets better soon and we've also sent her a, 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 an inflatable little fucking cushion for her to sit on but we wrote in black marker we broke prada on the side of it because we know she's a classy girl and, prada. and she likes posh things so like <laughs> that should cheer up no end we think mm. um Oh, and the last point, I just wanted to say out to any Scottish people, remember, Scotland, you still are a fucking bitch. <laughs> Later, sick and wrong. Keep it sick. Keep it fucking wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Scottish. the Scottish love that. Eh, it's all water in the bridge now. Yeah. That was yesterday's news. Um, what do you do? Like, what happens if you have a prolapsed anus? Like, how, do, how do they fix that? They call the NHS. Yeah, but I mean, what do the doctors do? Do they just poke it back they in? poke it back in. Yeah, but I <laughs> mean, it, it's do? got a, a, t- it's doctoring a piece of is not that uh Doctoring
4: is not that uh, sophisticated. Just, we'll just watch a surgery sometime. Like, you know, they like cut you open and they're like, oh, move this over there and slip, snip this thing out.
3: Like, oh, well, huh? I'd like to see you do it. All right. <laughs> I'll fly right down there. Back to the Podfest. All right, so uh, so if if you've ever like, uh, that's a weird feeling, like you know how like after you have sex you well, usually when you have, have an that anal warm prolapse? no you know after you know. have sex you have that warm glow that that feeling of uh, satisfaction, but here it's like pure horror, like this guy like totally prolapsed this girl's anus, right, yeah. That's Next disgusting. time use
4: lube on those anal beads.
3: What would you do? Would just... You uh, would you leave? No, I would I would call the guy, uh whatever uh
4: ambulance
3: yeah but i mean as soon as they came would you just like just go vamoose yeah what are you gonna do at that point You're just in the way i don't know i mean i probably would you leave a fake phone number keep it sick keep it wrong whacker no, no i'd just be like well thanks for the time <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. lovely time <laughs> sorry about the anus yeah sorry about that <laughs> let's uh not do it again any time I love how these guys actually
4: It's a one night stand She knew that
3: (laughs) I like how these guys Sent her a gift Just taunting her Real Prada On a hemorrhoid pillow Right Well Gotta give it to the English Rape your wit Um here's another Uh This guy is an interesting Character here He's been emailing the show Uh Is this dude from DC That's a lawyer But he's kind of like Hunter S. Thompson's lawyer He's Uh he's definitely a wacky dude.
0: Hey, Dan Lance. It's that DC guy calling. I know I still owe you guys each a bottle of bullet rye. I promised it. It's coming. I purchased it. I've just been way too busy to ship it. But I got a story to tell. Uh, It's a very sick and wrong story. My fiance and I were living together, and uh, she was seeing other people I found out, and so we broke it off, but we still were on the lease together.
3: Remember that that guy called up and was saying, you know, my fiancé's seen other people? Yeah, Those vaguely. Was like, it was like three weeks ago or something. And I don't sure. know, I don't recall what we said. But uh, they broke up, but yet they lived together.
0: And um, I was going to a conference. I've been really into Eckhart Tolle and, like, the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, a university alumnus, like, uh, you're solving that. <laughs> and uh, you, you can watch Two the shit on YouTube dude. for free. It's a great film. I recommend. Also, Joe Rogan, Floating in Infinity on YouTube for free. Um, But anyways, read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, But I've been promoting your show with lots of different people. And also, this weekend, my fiance followed me to New York with my friend. She hacked into my Gmail account, sent emails to my work that they knew weren't for me because I write a very specific way. And uh, when we got to New York, she had a blow-up fight where she had a fake cry-for-help suicide attempt. She's been doing this a million times, and uh, she bled everywhere. I have pictures I can send. They're sick and wrong. they be for your guys' eyes only. Don't worry about it. And uh, after that, she had the blood set out to kill me. And if you want to hear the rest of the story, let me know. Bye. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Peace.
3: Do you believe any of that? Well, this is one of those people who
4: everything is always going wrong for him. <laughs> there's a lot of women like this. It's, it's this is, condition is more prevalent among women than men, but obviously there are men who it happens to also.
3: You, you know, mean like that
4: constant catastrophe? Yeah,
3: you know, that's the thing. It's it's constant catastrophe because you don't know why he's a drama chaser. He's into drama. He's into the uh, right.
4: So I believe that it's happening, but I I, I don't. There's like things being left unsaid. You know that. These type of people, yeah they they seek
3: this kind of stuff out. Makes me wonder if there's a drug called meth involved, because meth usually le- leads to delusions of grandeur. You know, elements of fake drama. I don't necessarily think that people
4: like this are always um, you know clinically, medically, m- mentally ill, like paranoid delusion, although it has a lot of similarities <laughs> i think sometimes they, they they just like the
3: drama and the attention and the chaos well that's what i mean i think this guy's wife also likes the chaos yeah they, these kind of people often seek each other out but i love the teaser dude i should have uh i probably should have vetted this call <laughs> it's like a just a teaser all right call back what's all dude? that fucking
4: new age shit he's talking about is yeah, that
3: eckert tolle yeah, I don't know. My favorite thing, that's another thing about Rogan. He'll spend, because he's Joe Rogan, he'll spend two hours talking about being suspended in one of those sensory deprivation tanks. And he'll just spend two hours talking about that and then film a YouTube video. And he'll get like, I don't know, 80,000 hits to it just because everybody wants to give him a <laughs> Is hand. Is that job. the Joe
4: Rogan video he was talking about?
3: Yeah. I've seen it before. It's like, I think Vice Magazine. It's like, we're with Joe Rogan. He's going to go in a sensory deprivation tank.
4: <laughs> sensory deprivation tanks to me are like adult diaper community. <laughs> like, why do you have time to do that? I mean, you're going to sit in a fucking tank in the dark for two hours?
3: Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. It's I've like, got to
4: fucking mow the lawn and do my laundry and fucking make dinner and then go back to work. After or do something like fucking productive.
3: Hours. You know, produce a okay. podcast
4: expanding my mind
3: you know make a rap song let's go sit i'm gonna sit with my thoughts the sensory deprivation No, you're not supposed to
4: have any thoughts that's the point
3: but i think that's what rogan does he frees his mind it becomes his mind expands and then he realizes podcasting is bigger than just talking into a microphone (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah
4: he, he goes out in ultimate fights also himself
3: I think he... Oh dude, that guy would kick the shit out of both of us at the same time. Oh, I know. I hope he doesn't hear this. I hope no, he doesn't no. hear us talking shit about him. <laughs> no, he's an announcer for the uh, UFC because the guy is really into it. And he's like yeah. a jiu-jitsu So I guess instructor. we shouldn't
4: be shitting on him since he probably does a lot more shit than I do. <laughs> he's do you decided, think like, a, why, how long did you spend at the bar last night? Oh, about five hours. <laughs>
3: think how much money Rogan makes just from announcing UFC fights alone. More than I make in yeah. a year. Definitely. Probably Double. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, call us back, DC guy. Don't give us a teaser like this, you cock tease. Well, yeah. You know, calls up, shows us one titty, and then promises us the, the, the rest. Do we want to hear the rest of the story? What's the answer? Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay. Keep it under three <laughs> sure. minutes, though, man. Because if it's over three minutes, I'm not going to play it. I don't Unless...
4: necessarily need to see the bloody pictures of his girlfriend.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to see that either.
4: It's like the next thing he's going to be sending us snuff films.
3: Yeah, you never know. You know, he, he sends, like, he's in, he does porn, too, this guy yeah crazy dude he's like uh, he's like Hunter S. Thompson's lawyer alright here's the last call it's a breakup story from the trailer Finally. park from the trailer park
5: alright so you guys want fucking breakup stories here's a fucking breakup story for you
3: this guy's inflection is right,
5: great I'm about like going into 7th grade <laughs> got my first girlfriend should probably preface this by saying I grew up in a trailer park
3: I would've never guessed that yeah Did did you think so? I thought he was Jewish. (laughs) Southern. And my
5: first girlfriend is a skeezy-ass fucking trailer park bitch, Melissa Clark. All right. Now, when I say skeezy, this bitch not only got caught masturbating in the bathroom at school, I'd also regularly sneak over to this girl's house and make out and fool around with her and her younger sister, Allison.
3: Whoa. Please wear a condom, kid. Both sisters. (laughs) I know, but I think you should wear a condom. Like, you should make it a point to wear a condom.
5: Who was in my grade, same age as me, so it's okay. Don't call me fucking pervert for making out for her younger sister. Alright, so, where the fuck was I? Uh, Alright, so I'm (laughs) going out with this girl. (laughs) (laughs) One day, you know, I'm out riding my bike, and her sister's like, oh, Melissa needs to talk to you. Oh my god. She comes out a couple minutes later. She's like, oh, I bought a sandwich for you. So, I'll get a couple bites into the sandwich.
3: Sandwich isn't good. Have you ever wondered what life is like for a uh, a white trash seventh grader?
4: No, but this story is more interesting than your HR ordeal. So, I want to hear is, about the
3: sandwich. It's way more interesting than the HR. This guy doesn't have to give a shit about PTO. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I want to hear about the sandwich. Because you know yeah, there's something so fucked up is. about the I'm- sandwich. What the
5: fuck are you going to tell your girlfriend? No, that she tastes like fucking ass. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. You can't make a fucking sandwich. So, that's, I said, it's okay. You know, that's about the time she decides to tell me this sandwich is peanut butter and shit. Peanut butter <laughs> and dog shit sandwich. Oh, man. Peanut butter and Pomeranian shit sandwich. Wow. And then decided to tell me it's fucking over. <laughs> so it's she might as well trigger. said he shouldn't die. And I I shit, but I ain't dead yet. But I ain't shit, fuck you bitch. You probably, you're a fucking whore. You probably got like eight kids <laughs> by now. I mean, that shit was what, back in 97, 98? I mean, fuck. Eight kids probably right with your slut ass. You and your slutty fuckers. I
4: like now. This has gone from him telling <laughs> us a story to him using the podcast to just get back at her.
3: You know what's funny about this? I guess I was wrong. I thought this was an actual seventh grader who lived in the trailer park that was talking about this relationship, but now it's a white trash guy who's reflecting on this event. Right? Did you 98? realize that?
4: Yeah. It doesn't not, sound
3: like a seventh grader. I, I had no idea. I, I thought it was a, a seventh grader. Seventh
4: graders are like, what, thirteen years old?
3: Yeah, but uh, you know, I've heard seventh graders speak just like this. You know, I mean, what well, he I, done? I want to hear. I want to hear the how the this ends.
5: Thing. You and your slutty fucking sister. Fuck you, bitch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do love. I think that might be the best breakup story we've had yet so far. One of the yeah, better ones I've ever heard.
4: We haven't had a lot, but that's the best. Now, out of the ones
3: we've had, but it's one of the better ones I've heard, actually.
4: Did they break up because he was screwing around with the girl's sister,
3: or is it some other reason? He didn't give the reason, but the revenge, the revenge, though, that uh, she had. This <laughs> is like got
4: somebody thrown in jail for that. I think it's technically considered poisoning.
3: She's like Cersei Lannister, right? slipping in a shit sandwich. What do you do at that point? Do you throw it back at her? Reach back like a pimp and slap the hoe? No. <laughs> you don't do that. Do you run away and cry? No. I love cops.
4: I'd call the cops on the bitch. I'd be like, oh, you want you to you play? You want to play like this? Yeah, but okay. You serious. You're this is real. Okay,
3: you're a fan of Trailer Park Boys. Isn't there a, a, a level of Trailer Park justice that needs to happen? You don't get the cops involved. Oh, well, are we talking about real life? Or I'm <laughs> just saying, do you think <laughs> Bubbles would have called the cops? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what about what's the other guy's name uh, Ricky Ricky do you think Ricky would have called the cops no Ricky would have taken matters into his own hands I would have taken matters into my own hands I would have somehow like baked her a cake with like a bunch of homeless clearly guys clearly she's not gonna eat
4: a cake from you at that point she I got would have
3: you. her sister I would I would fuck the sister and convince the sister to give her the pie filled with homeless guy condoms and then be like the jokes on you now right back at you That's what you got to do. But still, that was an epic breakup story. In fact, I would like to hear more about that guy's life. (laughs) Yeah, I would do. I want to hear about his other relationships. I would like to hear about, I'd like to hear more breakups. I'd like to hear about more relationships. I'd like to hear about your children that you've had, especially the illegitimate ones. You know what this guy reminds me of? He reminds me, remember that dude that died that was in prison that would call up and be like, y'all motherfuckers. Remember that guy? Yeah. He died, I guess. (laughs) I know, his sister or something had to call in. I think it was his mom, actually. But she called in and said that, uh, I forget we we called him, we gave him a name. It's a long time ago. But this guy, I think, could replace that void that he left behind. So um, I encourage you to call back. And uh, yeah, call back, uh, call us with your breakup stories. We like to hear it. 206-666-3846 is that number. Um, donation gifts, people, you donated to the show. We appreciate that you donated. And, uh, I actually do have the gifts. I'm sending them out this week. It, uh, takes some time. You know, this isn't just a, a simple maneuver here. This is something that takes time, care. I'm building a package here to show you, to express our gratitude. So, um, be a little more patient. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate, comment, uh, tell us profess how much you love listening to sick and wrong. And then, uh, what we'll do is we'll take a screenshot and we'll send it, we'll tweet it to the LA Podfest guys and be like, yeah, that's what a true fan is. Mark Marin. So, uh, go to iTunes. We appreciate that. And, and also, um, sick and wrong teas, uh, are available right now. We have the, I guess, what would you call it? The quad OT redux, the new and improved quad OT, quad OT 2.0. What'd you call it?
4: It's the, uh, Vaporwave Quad-O-T
3: Vaporwave Quad-O-T <laughs>
4: Is that a thing or am I fucking up the term?
3: I don't know, I've never even heard of it but I like the way it it's sounds It's a new
4: aesthetic um,
3: What is Vaporwave?
4: Vaporwave just, uh, Wikipedia. Vaporwave is a musical genre that emerged in the early 2010s from indie dance genres such as sea punk, bounce house, or chill wave Does it have anything to do with vaping? <laughs> No, it's like, uh, it's kind of like a, like a weird, hyper, uh, sort of version of like Miami Vice style, I would say. <laughs> hmm. Let's go check it out. It's also like a, like a fashion aesthetic.
3: So, so do you think our new Quadro tee kind of, uh, fits in with the aesthetic? Well, just the
4: fact that it's pink. Is it's all pink, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pink. It's hot pink.
3: It's pink and it's popular. I've been sending out a lot of them. So uh, people go to com slash store and buy one. You know, a couple of people send us an email saying, here's the ultimate Quado model. Do you see that chick, uh, Jasmine Tridevil, who has three titties? Oh, yeah, I did see her. I don't believe it. though. I think it's, yeah, I think it's uh, a ruse. It's a hoax. But Because uh, did they find like a prosthetic in her luggage? Um, but anyway, uh, I emailed her, I emailed her through Facebook saying, Hey, I'll send you a sick and wrong t-shirt and I'd love to promote your cause. Um, but I'd really appreciate if you're a model because it kind of fits, you know, with the, uh, theme that we're going for.
4: Mm -hmm. Oh, you did send her a t-shirt?
3: No, I sent her an email asking if she'd pose. Um, (laughs) did not get a response surprisingly, but we'll see. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, finally here, uh, sick and wrong song of the week. Uh, last night I saw that band do you ever, do you ever uh, hear that band the Saviors metal band from Oakland yeah they are a great band it's been a while since I've heard them forgot about they're them they're
4: African Americans aren't they
3: no they're not they're, they're white oh, guys I thought
4: they were for some reason <laughs> no, I guess because they're
3: from Oakland they kind of look like uh, the lead singer kind of looks like um, a bit like uh, I guess uh, Hetfield a young Hetfield there aren't a
4: lot of uh, African Americans in heavy metal
3: i can't really think of too many bands body count. there's bad brains body count remember that band with ice T? oh
4: that's a gimmick band living, bad brains living color, living color which is kind of more hard rock but uh that's about it
3: i can't really think of too many metal bands seven dust had a black singer
4: wasn't the bass player for suicidal tendencies black hmm. or maybe the guitarist
3: i thought they were all latin now, I'd have think, to check well, that out Okay,
4: yeah, sure, I'd have maybe. to check that out
3: Anyway I uh, saw the Saviors play last night They have a new album coming out They are a great band If you ever had it, get a chance to see them uh, They put on a fine show So we're going to end the show here With one of their songs Crucifier People go check out uh, Johnny Ryan's Prison Pit Just go to prisonpit.com Highly recommend uh, Buying the DVD People will be back next week With uh, episode 452 Until then Take a sleazy
4: Good night